Well, hello everybody. This is Steve Hutto with the Missions Community and with Harvest Celebration Ministries. I'm glad that you stopped by today. Um, I want to be teaching on Turn Your Attention. I use this a lot when I teach on the prayer of faith. Before we get started, I just want to tell you again that we're with Harvest Celebration Ministries. Harvest Celebration Ministries is a missions organization founded by my wife and myself in 1998. We reach into the nation of India, and we reach into the nation of Honduras right now, sharing the gospel of Jesus, uh, helping to support pastors as they do the work of the ministry. In India, we also helped um, to finish uh, meeting halls, they call them, or really church meeting places for newer churches. And in Honduras, we work with uh, Pastor Manfredi Zelaya, and uh, we uh, share the gospel and the love of Jesus in the nation of Honduras and we also minister to children there and we have children that are sponsored uh, from Honduras, needy children that we help uh, with our sponsors to supply school clothes for them, school supplies, shoes, um, some food every month and uh, a special gift at Christmas time, Harvest Celebration Ministries. You can check us out at www.harvcell, that's H-A-R-V-C-E-L dot com. But today, I want to start with Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, where Paul said, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then he goes on to say, Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Now in Romans chapter 6, we're not going to spend any time there, but Paul talks about the fact that when we accept Jesus, we become connected to the death of Christ. We die to sin because Christ took our sins upon Himself and He died to sin. So in a sense... When we become saved, we become baptized, that's the wording, into His death. Meaning that when you become born again of the Spirit of God, you're connected with the death of Jesus Christ uh, through which He broke the power of sin over uh, you and me. So you're dead to sin. But He also says through Christ, when we receive Him, we also at the same time become alive to God. Of course, it is through Christ So in Christ, we're dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. We're dead and we're alive. And that's why Paul said in Colossians 3 that if we've been raised up with Him, and we are raised up with Him, not physically, but we're connected to Him who is no longer on the earth, but He's now at the right hand of God. So if we're connected with Him, then we should seek the things above where Christ is, where Jesus is, seated at the right hand of God. Did you know that the term born again literally means not only born of God, born of the Spirit, but it means born from above. That's the way Jesus was born. He was born through a virgin, a human, but he was conceived of by the Holy Spirit so that when he was born, he was born of God. He didn't have to be born again because when he was born into the flesh, he was born not with a sin nature, a fallen Adam like ours, But he was born of the Spirit. And the reason is because he was conceived of by the Holy Spirit. Check out Luke chapter 1 when Gabriel the angel visits Mary and explains to her how this happened. 
So Jesus was born from above, and that's why he went back to the Father. So that now when you and I become born again, we're born from above. Now, I said all that to, to reiterate and to, to enforce that uh, Paul says, if we're raised up with him in Christ, which we are, and I add only through Christ, then we should keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then I love verse number two. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. Set your mind, set your affection, some versions say, but it's your natural thinking needs to be renewed with the Word of God. And we have to set our mind, which is our attention, on things above. I mean, how many times does the enemy come to you and me? I mean, throughout the course of one day. And he tries to do things, whisper things, throw things at us that get us to take our mind off of God. And let me put it another way. How many of you, and I can guarantee you, all of you, but how many of us, simply by still living in this natural world, where the flow of this world is against the flow of the kingdom of God, how many times does just the fact that we live here, how, how does that, I mean, how many times does that cause us, or attempt to cause us, and sometimes we do, take our attention off of God? You know, it's so, so easy to be focused on things that happen around us. I mean, even right now, we're living in a world where things are not good if you're looking at it through kingdom eyes. Things are opposing God. The, the way the flow of this world goes is, a, is opposing Jesus. And, and we're about to go into an area, this is not doom and gloom preaching, where those who stand for Christ are going to have to literally make the effort to stand for Jesus. Because those around them and the flow of the things around them is going to be against Jesus the King and His kingdom. In other words, the principles that, that, a, that a believer should live by will be opposed to the principles of this natural world. And so all of this causes us a lot of times to simply take our attention off of God. Take our focus off of seeking Him. Set your mind on things above. How do you do that? The Word of God. You see, the Word of God, even though it's a natural, made of natural paper, and you can feel it, and it's tangible, and you can flip through the pages, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a natural thing on paper, but the words that are penned in the Word of God, they're spiritual words. The Scripture says that all Scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, training in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be adequately trained to handle life and to handle the Word of God. But my point is, the Word of God is spiritual, and we must read it through the Spirit, even though we're still living in the natural. But thank God our spirits are born again. It's like Jesus said that, that the Lord is a spirit and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That You can't reach God, after, especially after you've been connected to Him spiritually. You do it 
through the Spirit of God. And so that's how we set our mind on things above. We put spiritual words into our mind. We change the way we think from natural words, which produce natural thoughts, to spiritual words, which produce spiritual thoughts, because it places our mind on things above. That's what we need to do in these last days. Let me tell you, my friend, I don't want to sound harsh, I just want everybody to understand the seriousness of the time we live in. You know, Paul said that in the last days, perilous times would come. But that's because of the way the world is flowing. It doesn't mean that that, uh, perilous times for Christians are necessarily coming. You know what? I actually believe that in the last days, when the days are so dark, that those who stand for Jesus... Yes, at the risk of even losing their lives. But I believe that before any of that would happen, we would see the miraculous hand of God move in our lives. Listen, how can we expect God to move in our life if we're not standing for Him? If we're afraid or if we're embarrassed to take a stand for Jesus, how then can you expect Jesus to be strong through you? Jesus will be strong through people who are yielded to Him and who live by His principles, who understand it, that there are times when we turn away from the world's principles. I mean, when we embrace worldly organizations and entertainment groups and things like that that uh, literally ridicule our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and those who serve Him, then how can we expect God to be strong in us? When we embrace theologies and political platforms that oppose the Word of God, then how can we expect God to move in our government and in our country and, most importantly, through ourselves? You see, our God is a God of incredibly great exploits. Uh, He is totally supernatural. He is totally spiritual. But in order to manifest all of this in the earth himself by his spirit, he has to do it through people who are born again of the spirit of God, meaning they're connected to his death and they're connected to his resurrection. So they're dead to the world. They, I mean, we still walk around and breathe and eat. I mean, you know, we're still people. We're here but we're born again of the Spirit of God. We're now aliens in a society that controls the world. We're aliens in an environment that is naturally going to hell. That's simple. So how could we ever expect God to do great exploits through us if we embrace the world? You know, over in the book of James, James says, whoever becomes friendly with the world makes himself an enemy of God. Friendship with the world, James goes on to say, is hostility toward God. Wow, enmity toward God, which is hostility. So, I I talk about this a lot. But to become friendly with the world as a believer, that's the best you can do. Because a believer is not born of the world anymore. They're born of the Spirit of God. I mean, this makes it even worse. It's like a mockery to God. But I mean, think about this. We're born again of the Spirit of God, so we are spiritual creatures now. And if we want to enjoy the world, 
then the best we can do is become friends with the world. But the problem with that is, when we become friends with the world, we become enemies of God. You know, Jesus talked about in Revelation, those who were, who were cold for Him, those who were hot for Him, and those who were lukewarm for Him. You know, a person who's cold for Him still has an opportunity to become saved. And a person who's hot for Him is on fire for Him. But a person who is lukewarm for Him is a person that more than likely is saved, but they're living for the world. And Jesus basically said, I will vomit them out of my mouth. That means it literally um, appalls Him to the point of becoming sick. And, you know, this is not a, a judgmental sermon or anything like that. I hope you can see that this is a truth sermon. Whoever becomes friends with the world will become an enemy of God. And the best that you and I can do as believers in Jesus, the best we can do, as much as we want to enjoy the world, is become friends with the world because we ain't of the world anymore. Pardon my English. I hope you understand that. Why am I saying all this? Because we are to set our mind on things above and not on the things that are on the earth. Because Jesus, who saved us, He ascended after He delivered us back to the Father, sent forth the Holy Spirit. The church was born on the day of Pentecost. And we became spiritual creatures. We became connected to Jesus. Jesus is here, thank God, through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's in us. And for those of you who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, He is upon you as well. So we are spiritual creatures. We're aliens in a world that opposes the kingdom of God. So we are to set our mind on things above. This is how you remain strong as a Christian. I mean, this is so simple. You don't remain strong as a Christian by the number of years you've been a Christian. You don't remain strong as a Christian by the, by the number of Sundays in a year that you go to church and Sunday school. You don't remain strong on the earth as a Christian simply by the number of chapters you read in the Bible. But you literally remain strong or become strong if you're not strong as a Christian. You, you become strong in the Lord and the power of His might by setting your affection, setting your mind on things above. And that is the Word of God. But you don't just read the Word of God and say, look, I've done this. You meditate on the Word of God. You memorize the Word of God. You pray the Word of God. You preach the Word of God. You speak the Word of God. And then when you hear something that comes out of your mouth that is not lined up with the Word of God, you stop that and you correct it by something that is the Word of God. And you don't hang with people that blaspheme the name of Jesus. You don't hang with people that, that uh, take the, the Lord's name in vain. You don't hang with people that talk contrary to the kingdom of God. Uh, yes, you may have to work with people. But you don't draw back in the way you live and the things you say because you're embarrassed or you're afraid to be rejected by people that are going to hell. They're going to keep going to hell till they see people that are serious about their walk with Jesus. 
they're going to keep going to hell until someone stands upon the principles of God in the face of opposition, in the face of embarrassment, in the face of being rejected. Moses, you know, he was raised in Pharaoh's house. And he was raised as a prince, possibly in line for the throne of Pharaoh one day. He, was, he, he had much power. He was affluent. He was, he was a rich man. But the scripture says that Moses instead chose to endure ill treatment with the people of God than basically to stand for his own natural heritage. Moses knew that he was an Israelite. He knew that he was God's person. And he knew that the very nation that had raised him to prosperity and power and fame were persecuting his own people. So he chose to endure ill treatment rather than to be exalted in a natural sense. And we need to be strong in the Lord to that point. I mean, look, nobody wants to be persecuted. But everybody wants to stand before Jesus one day, before God, when He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Nobody wants to be persecuted, but everybody wants to be exalted by the Lord. But you have to serve Him in order to be. You have to humble yourselves, therefore, Peter said, under the mighty hand of God, so that He will exalt you at the proper time. You have to cast your cares upon Him, You have to humble yourself so that He will exalt you. And sometimes that humility comes simply by standing for Jesus in a storm that's blowing the opposite way. In a storm that's trying to take you out. A storm that's trying to destroy your testimony and your witness. There are going to be times when God calls upon you to stand. It will never be easy, but it will produce glory. It will never be a breeze for you always. Well, I mean, you know, it may be one day. If you get so sold out to Jesus, you might just be willing to do any and everything in any place, no matter what the cost. Actually, that's His goal for us, right? So set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. Listen, politics is real big right now. Politics is dividing our nation It's really Satan that's dividing our nation because America divided will fall. America united will stand. The only way unity will come is by the Spirit of God when God's people first unify, stand up for Jesus, and then they gather together regardless of denominational differences and lines and they humble themselves and pray and repent for America and repent of their our own wicked ways and then God will heal our land. That's what's going to bring unity. We know that. We just got to do it. But America divided is going to fall unless something changes. The answer lies in Jesus and Jesus is in the church. So really the answer lies in Jesus. Again, the United States divided will fall because a divided, fallen, weakened United States is less influential with the rest of the the world. When America falls, there will be persecution against 
the church. There will be persecution against God. There will be persecution against missionaries. There will be oppositions, uh, opposition to missionaries leaving America to go into the rest of the world for people to go on missions. There will be opposition to that. You see, God has blessed the United States of America because we've launched forth the gospel of Jesus Christ from here to the uttermost parts of the world. He is, that's why America was founded, to be a light in a dark world. And if we can go back to that, we can go back to our roots, we can go back to that simply by going back to God, and He will restore that. But the question is, will we do that? And I said all that to say that we believers need to get our minds off the politics. I mean, we need to pray. Believe me, we need to pray, pray, pray about what's going on politically in our country. We need to do that. But we need to get our minds off the division and our personal platforms and our personal opinions and how we express that. And we need to, basically, frankly, we need to shut our mouths uh, concerning that and go before God and cry to Him day and night and, and forget our political preferences. You know, forget the things that we are so dogmatic about and release them to God simply by praying to God and saying, God, you are the God of America. You are the Lord of America. And only you can cause America to, to be restored to what she was, not for the purpose of our own greatness, but for the purpose of exalting a great God as she did from the very beginning. And God blessed us as a result of that. So set your mind on things above, folks. Not on the things on the earth. Get your mind off of your, your uh, political preference. Get your mind off your religious pre preference. Get your mind off of your theological, doctrinal preference. And get it on God. If the church doesn't unify, we got some tough days ahead. But I am, I am naive enough to believe the best days are yet to come. Because I'm going to pray. I've been praying and I'm going to continue to pray that God would bless our nation not to make America great again. That's, that's, that's awesome. America was great because of her commitment to Jesus. And that's what it's all about. You know, when Paul went to the Corinthians, he wrote to the Corinthians later, and he said, you know, I determined to know nothing among you but Jesus and Him crucified. Man, if the church would just return to that. If the church, re you know, I don't care about whether you dunk or sprinkle. I don't care about whether you play contemporary or traditional music. I don't care about whether your service is limited to one hour or you just let it go on for... I don't care about all this. All I want to know from you folks, church, is Jesus. Are you teaching Jesus? Are you teaching the gospel about Him, the good news that because He died, you can live? All I want to know, that's what Paul was saying, is Jesus and Him crucified. Wow. And Paul went on to say, in my message, in my teaching, were not in persuasive words of, of human wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power, that your faith would not rest upon the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Man, <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> Listen, man, when I speak, when I preach... I want my messages to be in demonstration, demonstration, not just talking about it, but demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. And, and I want my life to be a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. 
so that people's faith wouldn't rest on the wisdom of men. Let me ask you a question. Is your faith based on the wisdom of men? Does everything certain people say change the course or develop the course of your life? There's there's nothing wrong with that if their message and their preaching is in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. But the thing is, man, we, you know, so many places are teaching philosophies of men, theologies of men, and it's dividing the church further. Let's get back to Jesus. Let's get, oh, that's just too simple. You know, we're supposed to move on from that. No, 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 no. Jesus is what it's all about. Jesus is who we grow up into. He's the measure of the stature of of what we're headed for and who, you know, when He comes, the Scripture says we're going to see Him as He is and we're going to be like Him. Glory to God. So set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth, Paul says. That's what we need to do in these last days. And my prayer is that my preaching and my teaching right now that you're hearing would cause you to go deeper into Jesus. That would cause you to see. That God would give you spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear. That the stuff that's really going on not according to the news media, but according to the Spirit. The things that are going on in the Spirit realm and the things that are necessary for the church that we must do to avert disaster in the future. You know, I pray that God would give you eyes to see and ears to hear that so many of us are selfish and we're concerned more about our personal beliefs and our personal philosophies based on our personal experiences and things. And those are not bad, but they are bad if they cause you to be divided and be separated from one other believer in Christ. Church, it's about Jesus and Him crucified. It's about His Spirit on the earth today, bringing forth the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said, I believe in 1412, He said, He who believes in Me, that's He who saved, who trusts His life to Him. He who believes in Me, the works that I do, He shall do also. But Jesus went on to say, Greater works than these shall He do, because I go to the Father. And Jesus said, He meant... He's going to go to the Father and send forth the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to, let me ask you a question. And I, I'm going to give you the answer. But how greater works can you do than raising the dead, healing the sick, healing blind, healing lepers, healing deaf people? I mean, how much greater work? Jesus said, the same works that I did, you're going to do. Well, that's what Jesus did. He healed several, I mean, thousands of people. He fed thousands of people, multiplied the food, 5,000 to 4,000. He turned water into wine. He raised it. I mean, I could go on. and I mean, you know what Jesus did, man. He did miracles. And he said, greater works than these we're going to do. We're going to do what he did. But he said, greater works than these are we going to do. And let me tell you what the greater works are. It's, it's, it's not the quantity. It's not greater number of these works. He's not talking about the quantity. Let me tell you what the greater works he's talking about. Jesus didn't do this. That's why he said greater works than than these you will do than what I did. Here's the greater works. Leading people to Jesus Christ. 
leading people to salvation, being vessels of the love of Jesus, being vessels, propagators of the gospel of Jesus, because when people find Jesus, they find salvation. Jesus didn't go around saving people. He went around healing people, getting their attention. God touched many people, the Holy Spirit did through Jesus, but He never led them to Him until after He had risen from the dead and He first breathed upon the eleven that were left, apostles, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's when they got saved. And then after He went back to the Father and sent forth the baptism of the Holy Spirit and empowered those who were seeking Him, then the church was born and they began sharing the gospel of Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit to the uttermost parts of the world. So the greater works that Jesus is talking about is leading people to Jesus and bringing them to maturity in Him. Greater works. Isn't that incredible? He's commissioned you. That's what the Great Commission is all about. That's why it was the last thing He said before He left. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, leading people to to me, he's saying, you know, leading people to Jesus Christ. Those are the greater works than what Jesus did. We're still supposed to heal the sick and do all that because that gets the, the attention of those who maybe don't believe in Jesus. And then we lead them to Christ. Well, let me ask you this. How can you expect that to happen through you? I mean, and me too, unless I set my mind on things above. Unless I'm not concerned about the things on the earth, or at least much, 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 much more concerned about the things in heaven than the things on the earth, unless it's the kingdom of God on the earth. Again, the world is against us, believers in Jesus, so we must set our mind on things above. We must seek the things above where Jesus is at the right hand of power. Thank you for listening. Be encouraged today. The best days are yet to come. Just yield your life to Jesus and watch Him do great and mighty exploits through you. God bless you.